Morning, church. How are we all? Great. Thank you, team. What a beautiful time of worship and a beautiful time of praying for one another this morning. Well, it's my privilege this morning to welcome up Pastor James Hensley. James is from our church just down the road at North Lakes High School, Church Unlimited. Um, but he, they will be moving soon, and praise God, they've got a new building here in North Lakes, which is really exciting. James and his wife Paula and four children uh, moved down to Brisbane two years ago. Um, I had the privilege for our first two years back in Cairns to actually attend James's church that he was pastoring up in Cairns. He started a new plant out of Calvary Church, and um, he's going to come up with us right now, and he's going to share a wee bit more about that. But he has an incredible heart and a desire to see the North Lakes region sold out for Christ. Amen. And he does that through unifying people together, through churches together. And it's just been a privilege for us. On a Monday, you guys don't get to see them, but I'm here every Monday. And they utilize our back hall and they train up their leaders here every Monday for the entire year utilizing our back hall. So I get to sit with Paula and I get to sit with James and some of their um, leadership team and just hear what God's doing in their lives in our community and our schools and the passion that God has put on their hearts to see the same mission and vision that we have to see people and North Lakes beyond come to know him. So let's welcome up James right now. Wonderful. Good morning, Axis Church. It is great to be in worship with you this morning. I love this church. You need to understand that I woke up this morning with such an excitement and such an expectation in my spirit, also just a touch nervous, if I'm truthful, uh, to be speaking in this church. You may not realize it, but you are the flagship church of the North Lakes area. Your church was founded uh, by Pastor Troy. You were, you were one of the first churches here. You were the first church to acquire land and get a building. And what you have done has pioneered a way for the rest of us to reach people for Jesus in the North Lakes area. There are 13 churches here in North Lakes. You may not be aware of it. But your church is one of two churches that have been able to acquire property and see such an amazing work for Jesus established. And I just want to honor you and commend you. I think that Axis Church is amazing. There is a pioneering spirit here in this church, and I am excited for you. I am also excited for you about your new pastor that is coming, Pastor Jonathan. I believe that this is a new season for Axis Church, and I have been praying for you, believing with you that, that the best days for Axis Church have yet to come. I really want, I want to say that again. The best days for Axis Church have yet to come. Too often we live in the old glory. But God is doing a new thing by the Spirit of the Lord. He's pouring out His Spirit, and a new thing is happening. And I am excited for you, and excited for us, and excited for the kingdom. Because uh, we're all in this together. Forget the brands. We're all in this together, reaching people with the love of Christ. Amen. Some of you are wondering, uh, what's with my funny accent? Uh, I uh, was born in the United States. I was born in San Jose, California. I uh, moved when I was 15 to Raleigh, North Carolina, where I did my high school years. And when I was 20 years old, I surrendered my life to Jesus. Uh, my grandfather is a, uh, a famous old school preacher from the 1970s and the 1980s. You may have heard of him. His name is Bob Mumford. 
and uh, he's my mother's father, so I am a Hensley, but I'm also a Mumford, and uh, I was just visiting with him two weeks ago in North Carolina. Uh, he is still alive and well. He's 89, and preaching and carrying uh, the Spirit of God into, uh, into all that he's doing. And, uh, and so I came to Australia to do Youth with a Mission. In 2001, I was an ignorant American, uh, got on an airplane flying to Australia, have no idea what I was getting into. I thought that everybody talked like Mick Dundee and Steve Irwin, and I thought that everybody rode kangaroos to school, and uh, I was true because I landed in uh, Townsville, and they actually do ride kangaroos to school <laughs> in Townsville. Uh, but I came to Australia to do youth with a mission. I fell in love with this amazing country, and I fell in love with the best Aussie girl I could possibly find. She is tremendous. I want to show you a photo of my family. This is my family. That's my beautiful wife, Paula. She is unbelievable. If you ever get a chance to meet her, you're going to ask me, how did you get that girl? You will. But together we have four beautiful children. This is my son Judah. He is 11 in grade 6. He is just the most incredible young man. Loves God. So responsible. He's just, he, he's the leader. He's the, he's the leader of the pack. He's amazing. This is my son Joel. Uh, he's 9 and he is a whole lot of fun. Not always legal, but fun. <laughs> If you're looking for a good time, you want to hang out with Joel. This is my beautiful daughter, Jemiah, down here in the middle. She is seven, and she is just so graceful and so pleasant, and she's just, the, she's just lovely all the time. And then this is my cheeky one up here. Uh, this is Yana. She is five, and she acts like she's 25, and she is just a whole lot of fun. And uh, we have recently, uh, not even two years yet, uh, 18 months ago, we moved to Mango Hill. Uh, God was speaking to our family. We were a long time part of Calvary Church, uh, which is a church in, in North Queensland uh, across seven different locations. My wife and I had the opportunity to pioneer a new church in Cairns, which was so cool because Matt and Joe Thompson uh, came and joined our church. And so we actually have a previous relationship with them from those days. Uh, after Cairns, we went and pioneered a new church in Rockhampton. And uh, that went really, really well. And at the end of 2017, God started to speak to Paula and I about stepping out and taking on the leadership of our own church. After looking around and praying, we found that there was a great church in Kalanga. It used to be called Kalanga Christian Family Church. It was founded in 1983. Uh, so it's not a new church. It's been around for a long time. In fact, they've been a set-up, pack-up church for 36 years. Wow. It's pretty unbelievable. 36 years. And, uh, and, and so we uh, went and, and checked out that church, and we spoke there. And, and, and to be honest with you, it was pretty ordinary. The worship was, that they were just clearly lacking leadership and vision and direction. And, and in the middle of worship and all of its ordinariness, I leaned over to my wife and I said, baby, I think this is for us. God is calling us to this area. Uh, not calling us to a brand, not calling us to a specific, just a specific church, but calling us to the people of the Morton region. 
And so we said yes. We took on the leadership of that church. As a farewell present, our team all pulled together and they gave us season park passes to the movie world and, and all the Gold Coast passes to which my kids were ecstatic. We moved here in January of last year and we decided on our, ver- on our second day after moving, we were all going to movie world. And, uh, and so we all got in the car and drove down to the Gold Coast to get to movie world. And, and, and as we're driving in, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but there is a very large purple roller coaster. You see it. It's, it's um, yeah. Nuts. We get into the car park, and my son, Joel, the fun one, says to me, Dad, we're doing that first. I said, whoa, whoa, hold on, buddy. Hold on a minute. We're going to work our way up to it. And he goes, no, Dad, we're doing it first. I was like, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, okay, all right. And uh, my, my other kids chickened out. They wouldn't do it. But I, being the dad, felt the obliging role and responsibility to do it with him. And so we bolt to the front of the line. And as we get in the line, fear starts to set into my heart. He, um, Joel, had, uh, was full of excitement and enthusiasm as children are. And, 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 and I could just kind of picture myself falling out of the roller coaster um, truthfully, as I got in the line, I started to read about this roller coaster. It's not a roller coaster. It's, it's, it's a hyper coaster, which didn't make things better. I re- began to read, what makes a hyper coaster a hyper coaster? It's because it goes a lot faster than a standard roller coaster. It also has a drop from 61 and a half meters, which is significantly higher than your standard roller coasters. And, and as I began to get into my seat and pull my harness down, fear grabbed a hold of my heart. I was freaking out. I checked the harness like, you know, 700 times to make sure it was really, really latched. I wanted to be safe. We began to shoot up the top of the roller coaster and hit the drop. And we were going so fast that tears began to peel out of my eyes. Not because I was crying, although I wanted to do that. It was just the speed was pulling the moisture out of my eyes. We went through all the loops and, the, and come to a screeching halt at an end. And I looked over at my son and I said, let's do that again. <laughs> and I have found that that is a lot what life is like. I have found that we are often peaking with excitement and freaking out with fear. We are peaking with excitement about the future of our church. And we're freaking out going, who is this Pastor Jonathan? And is he qualified? And is he really going to be fit to lead us? We're freaking out about what our future might hold. We're, we, we, I don't know about you, but I wrestle fear all of the time. In moving here in January of 2018, uh, we were here for one week and God started to speak to me about some big changes that needed to take place in our church. I was like, Lord, it's too soon, Lord. I'm the new pastor. It's a big deal that I'm the new pastor. New changes, I, I don't think so. And the Lord began to speak to me about the fact that we needed to permanently relocate the church from Kalanga to North Lakes. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. People are, people are just getting used to me. I, I don't know. And, and I just knew that the Lord was stirring me for this. I began to privately look for 
venues to lease and rent, and there were no mourning venues available in North Lakes. For us to go to North Lakes, we would have to go to an afternoon service. And I began to reason with the Lord, Lord, afternoon service? Nobody's going to come. Everybody takes a nap on a Sunday afternoons. No one's going to come. And further, the Lord began to speak to me about changing our name from Life Church and Breathe Church to, to Church Unlimited. And I began to wrestle because I began to freak out thinking, oh, Lord, we're going to empty the church if we do all of this. Don't worry. There was only like 50 people in the church. It couldn't have gotten a lot worse, truthfully. But the Lord was speaking to us, and I took it to my team, and they actually said, you know what, James, we think this is God. And I was like, I, uh, I was kind of hoping you would talk me out of it. And they said, no, we, we actually believe, I mean, we're, 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 as, we're as freaked out as you are, but we're, we're peaking with excitement and faith in our spirit. So on my fourth Sunday, I stood up in front of the church, and I said, church, I want to share with you the vision for the next Two weeks. <laughs> We're going to make some pretty significant changes. They said, and I proceeded to tell them about our move from Kalenga to North Lakes. And, and that we were going to change our name and change our service time. And God's really stirred us to reach more people. And, and we believe that these things are going to be key for us reaching more people with the love of Jesus. And it was received really, really well, I thought couple of people come up to me at the end of the service and they said, Pastor James, are you sure about this? At which point I responded, no. No, I'm not. They said, what? You're going to wreck the church? I said, maybe. They said, how sure are you? And I said, well, truthfully, I'm probably only about 80% sure. 80% sure. You can't make these changes on 80% sure. Well, truthfully, uh, there, there was only two or three people that had said that. Our leadership team and our board and all of our elders had already, in the lead up to this, said that this is what we need to do. I said, well, truthfully, I actually don't want to make any decision in my life that I'm 100% sure about. Because if I'm 100% sure, then I don't need God. Basically, we, we wait for things to be 100% sure. And when we're 100% sure, we don't need faith. We basically tell, no, big fella, you sit down up in heaven. I've got this. And we go about our lives because we're 100% sure and confident in our own strength, in our own right. But that's not the life of a Christian. We're called to live by faith. The just shall live and walk by faith. And so we proceeded down this road. I remember when I first asked out my wife on a date. She wasn't my wife. She was just a beautiful girl from Mackay. And I remember when I asked her out, I was peeking with excitement on the hope that she might say yes. And I was freaking out that she might say no. But I didn't know. And I have just subscribed by this idea that you don't know until you have a go. You don't know until you have a go. Too many of us wait for things to be 100% certain and matter of fact before we have a go. And I actually believe our God is a have a go God. He's a have a go God. Notice uh, Peter 
walking on water. Many of us would be familiar with that story. The Bible tells us that Jesus is walking on water towards the boat. And all the disciples are freaking out thinking, it's a ghost. But not Peter. Peter gets a little bit excited. And Peter says, Jesus, can I come out and have a go too? And Jesus says, come on, Peter. And Peter steps out and walks on water and does, the, does what no other mortal man has ever done. Peter walks on water. Notice whose idea that was. It wasn't Jesus' idea. It was actually Peter's idea. Peter, in faith, said, can I have a go? And I actually believe that we see right throughout Scripture that, that God is a have-a-go kind of God. I believe that there are two types of faith. There is what I call proactive faith, and there is reactive faith. Many of us as believers live our lives with reactive faith. We just carry on doing our business, and then we get that bill in the mail, and we freak out, and we need to apply faith. Oh, I better pray. Many of us do our lives. We get that speeding fine in the mail. Well, you might. I, I don't. <laughs> we get that doctor's report. <laughs> and what happens is we don't engage our faith until something bad happens in our lives. But we're actually not supposed to live with reactive faith. We're supposed to live with proactive faith. There's a great Bible verse. I want to read it to you. It's found in Psalm 37, verse 23. The Bible verse says, The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Notice the progression of that sentence. The steps of a righteous man are then ordered by the Lord. And notice the steps come before the orders. Too often, we sit back waiting for the orders of God. Most of us in here would love to do the will of God. I don't know about you, but there is nothing that I want my life to count for more than doing the will of God. The problem is, most of us sit down with reactive faith going, God, when you speak to me, I will obey. When you speak to me, when you give me orders, then I, will, then I will go. But when you look at the progression of this sentence, it actually says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. One of the things that I've learned with God is, is that our God is a have-a-go kind of God. Jonathan is faced, uh, uh, Jonathan, Saul's son, is faced with the Philistines that are about to attack the Israelites. And Jonathan says to his armor bearer in 1 Samuel 14, he says to his armor bearer, you know what? Let's go up against these Philistines, just you and I. Two against 10,000. Perhaps the Lord is with us. Now, if I'm the armor bearer, I'm going to challenge that perhaps. It actually then goes on to say, if the Lord is with us, we will prevail. And if the Lord's not, 
See you in heaven. If I am the armor bearer, I'm going to say to Jonathan, um, <clears throat> excuse me, John, uh, what, what, what is this perhaps business? Like, like you're not 100% sure? And Jonathan's saying, come on. The Lord will deliver him, I think. I don't know about you, but everything I've ever done in my life has been kind of, uh, the Lord is with me. I think, truthfully, I've never been sure about anything. And I think what we need to do is we actually need to be careful that we don't sit back in apathy, waiting for orders from heaven when God is saying, take a step, have a go, do something. And as you're going, then I will provide wisdom and guidance and order to what you're stepping into. All of the best things that I've ever done in my life, I've been a little unsure about. I've had fear. The problem is in Christianity, we have now labeled fear as a swear word. We're afraid to say that we're afraid. Most of us have coming to Christ. Most of us have cleaned up our language and we've stopped swearing. But we've adopted a new, a new word, a, a new swear word that we're afraid to say. It's the very word fear. Many of us as Christians mask our fear by saying things like, I'm not fearful. I'm just concerned. <laughs> or, I'm not fearful, I'm just cautious. Or even, I'm not fearful, but wisdom would say. And by the way, Proverbs clearly tells us about the importance of wisdom. I'm not suggesting for a moment that we run off half-baked. Uh, uh, wisdom is described as the Holy Spirit as He gives us wisdom. But what I am talking about is sometimes we can be so cautious... So concerned and even so wise that we sit on our backsides and we never do anything. We never have a go to fulfill the things that God has purposed in our hearts. Truth be told, when Paula and I were to leave our other church to take on the leadership of the church that we're now leaving, I wasn't 80% sure. I was probably about 40% sure. I took it to my wife. I said, Paula, I think God is stirring us in faith to step out and lead our own church. And she said to me, well, I'm not 40% sure. I said, how sure are you? She goes, maybe I'm 30%. I said, good, I'll take it. And I took hers and I made 70. <laughs> but then I said, well, we dare not step out without the blessing and the covering of our leadership and and so we need to sit down and submit this to our senior pastor. And I sit down with Pastor James and I said to him, Pastor James, I believe God's leading us to step out and take our own church. And he said to me, well, well I'm not sure. I said, James, how sure might you be? And he said, well, maybe I'm 10% sure. And I said, great, I'll take it. And so I took his 10% and I made 80%. <laughs> Resigned my job in that same conversation. That's not entirely true. I'm being a little facetious. What I found is, is by the time I got to the place where I was willing to step out and, and resign to believe 
Pastor James said to me, what church are you going to lead? I said, I don't know. He said, what do you mean you don't know? I said, I, I feel to take a step. To step out into the unknown. To believe God to meet us in the gap. It was amazing because once we got to the place where we actually stepped out of the boat, God did a series of 1% miracles that led us all the way to where we are today. I said to our church, we're about to get a building. We're going to sign a lease on a, on a building in North Lakes on Flinders Parade. We're the first church that's ever been granted permission to have church on Flinders Parade. Uh, council has not been favorable towards that in the, in the past. And, and I said to our church, I believe that God's telling us to step out and believe. Truthfully, at the time that I said that, I think I was about 20% sure. <laughs> but we began to watch God just do all these little 1% miracles as we've stepped towards our destiny. We're not in there at the moment. We're currently at North Lake State College. We, are, uh, we have submitted our development application, believing that council is going to be favorable. We've already had a preliminary meeting with council saying that they will be favorable, and we've ticked all of their boxes. And so by faith, we're believing it's now going to be a formality. We don't have all of our money. It's probably going to cost us $400,000 to do the fit out. We don't have all of our money. There are so many gaps in what we are about to do. But I am a believer that God is a have-a-go kind of God. He already tells us that his promises are yes and amen. Now, I don't want to be presumptuous. Sometimes I think we can presume upon God, and, and that's not what I'm suggesting. But what I am suggesting is too many of us sit down waiting for orders when I actually believe God wants us to get up and step out in faith and have a go. God has put dreams deep in our hearts, dreams to start a business, dreams to be married, dreams to have children, dreams to go to university, dreams to do great things, dreams to do missions. God has put dreams in our hearts. In fact, some of us here have even had prophetic words over our lives telling us that, that these are some of the things that we're going to do. I believe that prophetic words live in a shoebox under our bed until we step out and step into the promises of God. Jesus chose to step into salvation. Salvation didn't just happen to Jesus. Jesus stepped into salvation. Paul stepped into his destiny. It reminds me of a story of the Israelites. The Israelites were promised to Abraham that they were going to be a mini, uh, 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 they were going to outnumber the grains of sand, that they were going to inherit the promised land. And, and yet, we saw that they were waylaid and derailed as they went to Egypt for 400 years of slavery. God raises up Moses, the deliverer, and they get liberated out of slavery. They come up to the edge of the promised land. The Bible tells us that the spies that went into the land 
were so overcome with fear, they said things like, there's no way we could take that land. Surely, yeah, the promised land, it's flowing with milk and honey. Yes, that, that, that is a good land. But the giants in that land, they're huge. In fact, we're like grasshoppers in our, in our own eyes compared to them. And the Bible tells us that, that they were so overcome with fear. Two of them were not, Joshua and Caleb. They said, God is with us. God's for us. Let's have a go. But the ten outweighed the two and they decided not to have a go. The Bible tells us that they wandered around for 40 years in the wilderness. Could not step into their promised land. And then the scripture actually tells us quite deliberately until the old and faithless generation died off. That's actually written in scripture. Can I just talk to old people for just a second? Oh, excuse me. Some of you might misunderstand me. I don't believe that old is an age. Old is a spirit. Let me say that again. Old is not an age. Old is a spirit. When I stood up and told our church, we're moving to North Lakes. One of our ladies, her name is Kay Wheeler. She's 84 years old comes bounding up to me at the end of service and I'm waiting okay how's this gonna go she goes it's about time I said excuse me and she goes God told me 10 years ago that we were supposed to make this move we just never made this move God told me I've already prayed over 75% of North Lakes I've driven 75% of the streets in North Lakes praying over houses and neighborhoods and she said we're ready She's 84 years old. How many of you know she's not old? She's full of faith, ready to go. Do you know who complained the most about our move? The 27-year-old mums and dads. Oh, our babies sleep at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Like, how are we ever going to do that? I don't know. Let me say something. Old is not an age. Old is a spirit. You can be 84, ready to charge into all that God's got for you. Or, let me tell you what old looks like. Old looks like 21-year-olds who stay at home on Friday night knitting with their cats. That's what old looks like. God has called us to live a life and, and, and step into the adventure. After 40 years of wandering around in the wilderness waiting for the old and faithless generation to die off, God speaks to Joshua. Joshua was one of the 12 spies that was full of faith in the first place. And he says, Joshua, now is the time to cross into the promised land. And you know in Joshua chapter 1, I want to challenge you to read it. We don't have time today, but... But in Joshua chapter 1, God has to tell Joshua four times to be strong and courageous. Four times in one chapter. This is God's man of faith that he has to tell four times, be strong and courageous. I think that God tells him four times because Joshua probably wasn't feeling very strong and probably wasn't feeling very courageous. He was probably 
peaking with excitement and freaking out with fear. As we close, I want to share with you just four things that God says to Joshua in chapter 1 that help him to overcome his fear. All of us have great dreams and desires in our spirits. None of us want to die with a wasted life. All of us want to put our hand up and hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've stepped into all that I have in store for you. But if we're going to do that, we're going to have to overcome the fears that want to paralyze us and keep us steadfast and not moving forward. I pray that we don't have reactive faith that only reacts in fear. I pray that we have proactive faith that causes us to look at hard situations, to look at the gap and see miracles. Some people say to me, James, why aren't there miracles in church today? Personally, I believe that miracles aren't free-flowing in church today because we don't create gaps in our lives for God to do miracles. God is the miracle-working God. God is not a magic God. He's a miracle God. Let me explain to you the difference. Magic is where I pray, God, bring me a wife. And we wait for Shazam. There she is. We pray, God, give me a job. And I'm just going to sit here, God, on my backside and keep collecting Centrelink until the job comes, God. But God's a have-a-go kind of God. God is, is not the God of reactive faith. God is a go apply for some jobs and watch me work miracles. Every miracle that happened in the New Testament was a result of someone doing something. When Jesus turns the water to wine, it's not magic. Mary, his mother, says, go collect the water pots. Be ready. You do all you can do, and we will watch him do all he can do. Have a go. Every time we see a miracle, blind Bartimaeus gets his miracle, not because he sat quietly, but because he cries out and says, Son of David! Have mercy on me. And he was proactive to call upon the miracle power of God. Too many of us live quiet, subdued, placid lives when we're called to step out and overcome our fears. I want to share with you just four things. In verse 5, Joshua chapter 1, verse 5, it says, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. Number one, the first thing you got to know if you're going to step out is you got to know that God is with you. You've got to know that God is with you. God is with me everywhere I go. Every, I, I, some people say, oh, yeah, the presence of God is here. I say, yeah, I brought him with me. No kidding. The presence, because I carry the presence of God with me everywhere I go. God is with me everywhere I go. When, when you know that God is with you, it fills you with confidence and boldness. We live in Mango Hill right next to the Coles at, on Halpine Street. 
Last year, my five-year-old daughter uh, and I went to the grocery store, and, and we went and we drove into the parking lot, and we got out of the car, and we were holding hands. She was reaching up and holding my hand, and, and, and in, this, in this moment of, of, of craziness, she pulls her hand out of my hand and goes running across the car park. Now, every parent immediately freaks out because she is not fit for being in the car park on her own. She gets right up to the, to the, to the road that is in front of Coles, and, and a big ute screeches on its brakes between here and this pulpit from my daughter. Slams on brakes. There was, there, was, there was rubber marks on the road from where he hit the brakes. He almost hit her. She was so full of fear that she turns around and runs back to me and jumps into my arms. She doesn't want to hold my hand anymore. She now wants to grab onto me with all that she's got. She's crying. In a moment of sheer independence, she yanks her hand out of my hand and goes and does her own thing. What's the point? You and I have to walk hand in hand with God. I am not caught. Do you know that I am most filled with fear when I yank my hand out of God's hand and says, No, God, you sit down. I'm going to go and do my own thing over here. But when my hand is hand in hand with my father and I'm not walking in independence and I know that he's with me, I can walk anywhere. Bold and confident, knowing my Father is for me. And if God is for me, who could be against me? The second big one is found in verse 7. It says, Only be strong and very courageous, that you may, do, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it from the right hand or to the left hand, that you may prosper wherever you go. The second thing that fills me with boldness and confidence is walking holy. Walking God's way. Doing things according to His commandments. There's a great verse that, that is found in, in Proverbs 28.1. It says, The wicked flee in fear when no one is pursuing them. But the righteous are as bold as a lion. When I am walking in righteousness, doing things God's way, I'm not afraid. God is with me and I'm doing things God's way. But when I have rebelled against that and I am walking in my own ways, doing things my own way. A couple years ago, a woman called me and said, Pastor James, I need you to pray for my relationship. I think my, my boyfriend that I'm living with is going to break up with me and I'm scared that he's going to break up with me. I said, um, why, why do you want me to pray? And she goes, oh, because I'm praying. I'm scared that he's going to break up with me, and I want God to keep us together. I said to her, I said, I don't mean disrespect, but, but you want me to pray and ask God to bless a relationship that you are not submitting to do his way. You're living together, doing things your own way, and filled with fear that he's going to leave you 
but you're not willing to submit that relationship to God and do things God's way, I'm just curious to know why you want God to help. You haven't wanted God at any point in this moment, and now at the end when it's going to break up, you want to invite God in. She said, good point. Gosh, I was hoping she wasn't going to be mad at me because that's kind of a controversial thing to, you know, to answer with. When we submit our lives to God's way and God's plans, we can watch God bless us. But when we walk in independence, doing things our own way, and we're not walking holy, and we're not walking according to the word of the Lord, fear grips our hearts. Verse 8 says, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written, it, written in it. For you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. Number three is, we got to meditate on the word. I, I am concerned about the church that is straying away from the Bible. And don't get me wrong, you know, there is really a church that churches that are founded in the word of God are remaining true. I am what I would call a fundamentalist in the sense that the word of God is, the, the Bible is God's word to me. Some people believe that the Bible contains God's word. Some parts are and some parts aren't. I think that's extremely dangerous when we get there. Because how do we pick and choose which parts are and which parts aren't? No, this is the word of God and it says that I shall meditate in it. Notice it doesn't say read your Bibles. So many of us feel guilty because we don't read our Bibles enough. Now what it actually says is I need to meditate in the word. It means I need to set aside time to study the word of God and get into the word of God. And when I get into the word of God, it actually gets into me. And it starts to change me and mold me. Too many of us don't like to do that. We like to manipulate scripture to serve us, to serve our agendas, instead of allowing scripture to manipulate me and change me to serve God's agenda. When I submit myself to the word of God and meditate in the word of God, I don't need to be afraid because the truth of scripture stands above all my fears and God meets me in the gap. I'm a big fan of memory verses. I remember being a child. I had to memorize verses before I was allowed to watch TV. I used to love going to Boys Brigade as a kid. We used to make CO2 cars and shoot bows and arrows. And, but before we were allowed to do those fun things, we had to recite memory verses. I'm so grateful for those days as a child because those verses are in here in my life. And they guard me that when I step out in faith, I know the word of God and I know that God is with me and he will never leave me and he will never forsake me. And the last one, I want to invite the worship team if you would come. In verse 13, it says, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is giving you rest and is giving you this land. Number four, You've got to remember the promises of God. As I step out, I get orders. And there's going to be gaps. But in those gaps, I remember the promises of God. That He's with me. He's not going to leave me. He's not going to forsake me. 
David says in Psalm 23, his goodness and his mercy follow me all the days of my life. I can hold on to that. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I'm comforted. I'm comforted. I got to remember the promises of God over my life. And as I remind myself of the promises, I'm filled with confidence. Do you remember the story when David goes up to fight Goliath? Saul says, how are you going to do that? There is a big gap. David was a have-a-go kind of guy. Goliath is taunting the Israelites. And Saul is freaking out. And David is peeking with excitement, going, God is with me. As he defeated the lion... And as he defeated the bear, he will be with me as I go up against this giant. David stepped into the fight. Friends, we've got to be careful that we don't run away from the fight because we're so scared. So wise. Too cautious to get in the fight that God. Conventional wisdom would not have suggested that a 14-year-old boy go up against Goliath. That's not a good idea. But when you know God is stirring your spirit, we need to step forward into the promises and the victories that God has for us. This church is on a precipice. You're getting a new minister. And you can look at your new minister with fear. Or you can look at your new minister and your new leader with eyes of faith. You can choose to come into this thinking, all right, mate, don't you stuff up our church. Or you can choose to believe that this is God's leader for us in this new season as we step into the more that Axis Church has. Great that all the other churches are doing good things. Good for them. Good for Church Unlimited. But what about the destiny of Axis Church? You're a flagship church. Your best days are not behind you. We must believe and step forward, upward and onward. If I were you, you've had four pastors leave this church this year. If I were you, I'd feel a little bit scared. Like, who's driving this train? I love Joe. (laughs) But we have to see this as an opportunity. There's a gap. There's a gap in your life. Some of you, God has been speaking to you about starting a business, but you've been so scared. When's the right time to have a baby? There's no good time to have a baby. (laughs) When's the right time to buy a house? I don't know. I'm about to buy a house and it's not a good time for me right now, but I'm about to do it anyway. When's a good time to get a building? When you have all the money in the bank, but we don't have all the money in the bank. We want to step forward into the destiny of God, amen? Can we please stand to our feet? I want to pray over us. If you would, one of the things that we do in our church is we lift our hands. And and we lift our hands as an act of surrender. I want to invite you. Some of us would be wrestling real fears. Fears that you're going to be single and not get married. Fears that you're going to be barren and not have a baby. Fears that you're not going to be able able to buy your own home. Fears that you're not going to step into the destiny and the purposes of God. I want to invite you to put your hands out as an act of surrender.
When I surrender my ways and I embrace his ways, he meets me in the gap so that you and I can step into all that we have in store. Can I pray for you? Father, we just give you every fear. Fear of cancer. Fear of loneliness. Fear of anxiety and depression. Fear of being hurt. Fear of going under financially. Fear that our promises and dreams will never be realized. We just surrender them to you right now. We give you our fear of the future, Lord. And we choose to not be a people that are limited by fear. We choose to be a people of faith as you have instructed us to be. Holy Spirit, we now just dispatch a gift of faith right now in this church. We loose a gift of faith. A gift of faith that steps out and steps into the promises of God. Lord, I pray that we would not be crippled by fear, but we would look fear in the eyes and step forward, upward and onward into all that you have in store for us. God, I speak your blessing over Axis Church. Lord, I just thank you and celebrate that the best days of this church are yet to come. Lord, we bless our new leaders in this church. We thank you, God, for where you're taking us, upward and onward into all that you have in store for us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Amen. God bless you, Axis Church. Thank you for having me this morning.